Hey guys, and welcome to Blockchain Camp. My name is Richard Green, one of the lead asset digital educators, that's a mouthful, for blockchaincamp.ca, where we are trying to make crypto simple for a million people out there, and you might just be one of them. Uh, just a quick update, guys. We've been busy at Blockchain Camp trying to create some incredible content for you, and we have a date coming up in Toronto soon with an open house to teach people about crypto and get their feet wet and get them in the market and thinking about digital assets. And if you want to check us out, hit us up at info at blockchaincamp.ca. Uh, stay tuned for more information on this. Uh, recent update, guys. Uh, Bitcoin has been trading between the six thousand to seven thousand range for over a month now and we've seen it trying to break uh, out of that trading pattern up to 66 6700 but keeps getting rejected i still see strong support at six thousand uh can we go lower it's possible guys can we go higher it's more probable um in the coming future uh just to give you guys a, a quick pulse of what people are seeing in crypto CZ, the CEO of Binance, now he often doesn't like to make market calls, but he went on the record saying recently that he is calling for a bull market, well, any minute now. And then he goes on further to say that, you know, October to December seems very favorable, but uh, guys, we, we really don't know. But what we do know is that we have... Um, decreased our level of price volatility meaning that we are trading in a tighter range and usually around this time is when we're going to see a big breakout or a big drop and the odds of seeing a breakout are more favorable than seeing a massive sell-off and of course there are various events that could take place like a hack or you know bitcoin gets banned for the 10th time in some country but um, the news will be the news but we're here for a long-term fundamental overview. With that being said, there's another person by the name of Mike Novogratz. You guys may know him as the CEO of Galaxy Digital, who went public and have launched their company in Toronto on the TSX. Um, he is calling uh, to revise his original estimate. In 2017, Mr. Novogratz projected a possible price for Bitcoin by the end of 2018 of around 40 thousand dollars there's been so many price predictions if you're on crypto twitter at all you'll notice people calling for all different ranges of price my most favorite is seeing people calling ripple <coughs> for uh, an eight thousand dollar mark or eight thousand dollar price increase which is just quite absurd if you understand how to calculate market cap people um but mike goes on to say that he expects that by the end of 2019 bitcoin will struggle to break through nine thousand I mean, how we're, we are, you know, at October 2018, and so he's calling for uh, probably a rally to 9,000, but we won't break it. And he goes on to say that we will see Bitcoin move back to 10K probably in the first or second quarter of 2019. You know, I think that's a, the most interesting things that people can make predictions and then they can recant it later on. But this is crypto. And as you guys know about my, John McAfee's bet for 
a million dollar Bitcoin. Okay, guys, today I want to get into uh, just a quick update on the uh, battle for that Bitcoin ETF. Um, but first, I want to take a look at what the chairman of the FTC had to say regarding just Bitcoin in general. And I think it gives you a really good insight into you know what's going on in the minds of these, these big decision makers. Now, as we know, the CFTC is the Commodities Future Trading Commission, and they are the ones who approved the Bitcoin futures for those products to be approved. And uh, the, the chairman, Chris Giancarlo, um, you know, he, he goes on to record in sharing with CNBC his uh, personal view of, of cryptocurrency. And it's very interesting to pay attention to what he said. He says, and I quote, crypto is here to stay. And he compares the crypto market to when the internet, guys, was just introduced in the 90s. It was the Wild Wild West. Um, there was no regulation. There was no oversight. And he said that back then we had a thoughtful and an intelligent approach to um, the internet and how it is sold, how it is accessed, how it is protected. And he is saying that we should have the same approach when it comes to uh, Bitcoin and digital currencies. And he sees that there is a future for them. I mean, uh, who doesn't at this point, right? Um, and he, he, he doesn't think it can rival the likes of traditional fiat like the dollar or the euro, but he does acknowledge that there are countries around the world where their paper is not even worth the value of the money. In other words, the inflation is so high that the paper is just becoming worth less and less. And we saw that and we have been seeing that, guys, with places like Venezuela, with places like Turkey um, and now Iran, where the, 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 the currency of the country is just being inflated at such a rapid pace that people are flocking to digital currencies, especially Bitcoin, as a more um, safer hedge for the value of their money. And uh, I think that uh, we need to realize how early we are. Uh, Carlo goes on to say that, listen, this is not a two-year window. Um, this could potentially be a 10-year span of innovation. So when we keep saying, guys, that we are early, we are extremely early. Imagine being able to invest in the internet when dial-up uh, was still around, if you guys remember. Uh, for the millennials, you may not, um, some of you may not remember, but um, for the Gen Xs, I'm not sure if you remember either, but that was a, a time and a day when we had to connect to the internet using our phone lines. Oh my goodness. All right, guys, not to sidetrack, but uh, I want to point out that, you know, the CFTC only has influence, well, not influence, decision-making abilities. They have influence, but they only have decision-making abilities over futures products. And that's because Bitcoin is a weird, weird, weird um, instrument. It's both a commodity and it can be seen as um, uh, a security. You know, so it has dual characteristics. And for the Bitcoin ETF, it's more for retail investors, um, you know, the average person uh, or the accredited investor who wants to participate, just like buying a stock or a mutual fund, you'd be able to buy a Bitcoin ETF. So it makes it much easier for retail investors. But the futures product, which a CFTC regulates, is uh, more for institutional investors and larger players in the market. And I mean, you know, we we have seen the the 
the SEC reject so many Bitcoins this year alone. Uh, off the top of my head, there was the Winklevoss twins. There was a couple ETFs by ProShares. There were about five ETFs by Direction there and Granite Shares, you know, and I think it's important just to take a quick look at the different types of ETFs that are being proposed. Um, from a high level, there are two different types. There's one that's physically backed. I think we covered this in a previous podcast, but I'll just touch on it again. There's one that's physically backed, and then there's one that is um, non-physically backed. The physically backed one, they're actually holding Bitcoin. And the non-physically backed one, they're obviously not holding any Bitcoin. And so the issue comes down to custody and the custody risk. So this is a risk of you holding that Bitcoin and you losing it uh, or it getting stolen or, you know, what does the process around that look like? But with a physically backed Bitcoin, there's a lot more liquidity um, because you own the product and you're buying and selling it. But one of the issues that come into play is that, wait a minute, the ETF market is open five days a week, but the Bitcoin market is open 24 hours a day. And so another risk that I can see the S the SEC saying is, you know, what happens if there's a price, significant price volatility, you know, say on the weekend, and um, how would that impact the price uh, for the ETFs? You know, how will they get around that? I'm not too sure. Because traditionally, as you know, most markets do close trading from gold to stocks to bonds to mutual funds. Um, they usually trade five or six days a week, given how the clock works around the world. Now, those non-physically backed uh, ETFs, which are sort of like derivatives, you know, they try to mimic the price of Bitcoin by using different instruments like options and swaps and futures products, but they're not holding any. So there's no issue for security. However, it's more costly because you have to imagine you need a system to be able to manage that buying and selling of those instruments. And at the same time, they're using an approximate price of Bitcoin. Since they're not holding it, there's always going to be some spread uh, between the actual price of Bitcoin being traded and the price that they'll be trading. So there's an arbitrage opportunity. Um, so nevertheless, guys, uh, I think that the physically backed uh, Bitcoin would be more favorable in the eyes of the SEC because you actually have... Um, collateral or you have possession so in the event of liquidation or in the event of anything else um, there is a high level of liquidity however you also will need to process those transactions which can also pose um, a, a big issue but there there is one etf that i know of vanek um, with solid x they're proposing this physically backed etf and if there is ever an ETF to be approved, I think that one that has a custody solution, holding Bitcoin is going to be one of them. So I say all this, guys, to say that, you know, the comments from Giancarlo from the CFTC who oversees the futures market is very, very bullish on on, on Bitcoin in general. And I, I think that um, ETFs, you know, it will make an impact, not right away. It's going to be a long-term play. And I think when we understand his perspective that, hey, this is a 10-year innovation window, recognize that we are super early. Um, a lot of people are getting frustrated with the price volatility or lack thereof in Bitcoin and overall digital assets. But guys, I want to encourage you to continue to DYOR, do your own research, uh, build your portfolio out. Now is the time to be accumulating 
and purchasing assets on the low, especially if you have a strong fundamental approach and a long-term perspective. So guys, again, this has been Richard Green from Blockchain Camp. Today just touched on Chris Giancarlo uh, had to say about uh, Bitcoin and we looked at why there are some differences in uh, different types of ETS physically versus non-physically and what this might mean for you. And I'm with uh, CZ from Binance who is calling for a bull market any minute. Any minute now, guys, the price could turn around. So strap in, stay for the ride, and we hope to keep giving you value. And guys, if you found this podcast helpful, please share it. Give us your comments. We want to improve it. Send us your questions. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Richard Green from blockchaincamp.ca. We hope to see you soon. Bye for now.